Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. It's the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. We make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural, and that's exactly what we aim to do on yet again another episode of The Seeker Podcast. Tonight I have my friend Alicia McAllister. She's on talking about soul retrieval, how she has been assisting those who have crossed over to the other side after physical death and helping them find their way. It's a beautifully inspiring story. If you've ever lost somebody or you're close to somebody who is facing that journey, this is a show you need to listen to. It has brought me hope. It has brought me inspiration in knowing not only that we go on after physical death, but there are people out there to help guide us on our way. And furthermore, you too could learn to be a guide as well. So Alicia shares a fascinating story. I've been wanting to get her on the air for uh, probably well over a year since I first started connecting with her online. So I am proud to bring her on tonight to share part of her journey as she promotes uh, her book as well, Soul Retrievals, available on Amazon. More to come on that. I I was off last week. I I had to take the week off from the show. I I think just uh, life and stress, honestly, just got to me. I wanted to be out there for you guys. Um, I couldn't do it. I I couldn't do it. Uh, I I think I got in my own head. Uh, with some things, you know, I, I've been covering pretty extensively um, AI and AI's influence on consciousness and the impact that could potentially have on us as a uh, as a species. And I've been covering the fact, the, our ability to be conscious creators and how we're forming our own realities, which we're going to talk about tonight as well. And I'm seeing a lot of similarities between the development of AI as a possible understanding for what our universe may be, what our matrix may be. And then I went and I watched the Snowden documentary or the Snowden movie on uh, on Amazon last week. So I'm seeing just how much stuff is actually being captured and recorded. And then I start having, you know, I, I talked about a few weeks ago, I had that experience where I swear my phone read my mind. I know it sounds crazy to say it, so I was on, I don't know if it was a major paradigm shift for me or just system overload because then a few things started happening that were not good for me. Um, so I kind of hit the panic button and I, I, I haven't been on social media. I, I've even been leaving my phone home. I just needed to, I just needed to get away. Um, I'm feeling a little more confident again. I think I've got the old pep in my step back. Um, but sometimes we need to unplug my friends. I think that's so very important. And I've been thinking a lot about you know, the dangers of AI uh, and, and where this is going and the effect that it's having on our consciousness and how I think that it's moving us away from connecting with our inner selves and our higher selves. I think it's creating another aspect. Um, you know, I've been thinking about what do we do about this? I, I don't know that it's possible for us to fully unplug. I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing for us to 100% unplug and disconnect because we're going to completely cut ourselves off uh, from everything. 
But given the amount of data that AI is collecting on us, that is an option. We could completely unplug. We could also say, you know what? I don't care. I got nothing to hide, which I think is a bad idea. Let it gather all the data at once. We just not worry about it. We'd also create false trails. If you don't want your phone or your, your this data bank that they're collecting to know everything about you, then start going down false leads. Start searching for stuff that you have zero interest in and almost create a fake online persona to confuse the AI. You got to beat it at its own game. If you're not going to become a ghost, then create false you on the internet if you don't want it to know everything about you. This is something that's really been stressing me out what I've been thinking about, though. If you want to go to that level of it. Well, like I said, you could just unplug and stop stop spending so much time on the phone. I think you should spend time every day off the phone, off technology, and meditate. And it ties into, you know, I want to talk about this tonight as well, InfoWars. You know, I don't listen to Alex Jones too often. I, you know, I don't agree with everything that the man says. But he was he was taken down. They took down his YouTube channel. They took down all, all his social media profiles. That's a major hit. And Ray Davis put a post up there in our group at Six Sense Media Discussion Group through Facebook. Uh, he made a lot of great points talking about it. You know, go check it out uh, through the Facebook thread. I'll have a link to it for you. Um, Basically, what he's saying is, you know, some people are arguing, well, technically, it's not a violation of free speech because it wasn't the government that shut him down. But he also said, but you know what? We've kind of replaced government control with corporate control. And are we going to allow corporations as big and powerful of a platform as YouTube is to start censoring people? So I don't fully agree with everything that Alex Jones says. But I disagree with the fact that they shut the man down in the way that they did. I will have a, a link to an article through InfoWars talking about exactly what happened. Um, but it's terrible and it's scary. And uh, I'm working real hard on trying to figure out how to best protect our content in case it ever comes under fire. Now, we are nowhere near the big fish that Alex Jones is. Um, but who? Where, where does it stop? You know, where... Where does it stop? They're starting with him. Are they going to start going after every, everyone else out there that's trying to spread some truth, spread some awareness, share their opinions? When does it stop? They came after him. I'm not going to be silent. I don't think it's right. So we need to start thinking, how do we sidestep this? How do we get around this? Not only how we get him back on there, but what can we do to prevent this from happening to us and other people out there as well, regardless of their viewpoints and opinions, because they have the right to have them and to express them. A couple stories in the news that I want to get to before I bring Alicia on the air. This one comes to us from South China Morning Post. Artificial intelligence immune to fear or favor is helping to make China's foreign policy. The program draws on a huge amount of data with information ranging from cocktail party gossip to images taken by spy satellites to contribute to strategies in Chinese diplomacy. Again, and you know, I'll have the links so you can read this entire article in the show notes. But here we go. Now AI is taking all, and China gathers a lot of data on their people. It's taking all of this data and it's now shaping policy. Now, last two weeks ago, I did the show about Google and the ledger that it's creating, how it's going to help guide you into creating a better you, basically, uh, over time as Google's plan is they're rolling out this tech. AI is starting to shape, it already is, but they're using this to shape policy and ultimately control your behavior. We need to think, now they use a thousand different ways without involving AI to do this already, but we need to be self-aware and we need to be conscious. 
again, what are we putting out there in cyberspace and how is that going to be used against us? It's an important article for us to read. Okay, here's the, uh, here's the next article I want to touch on right here. Simply fearing the day will be stressful, worsens memory, focus, and productivity. And this one comes to us from University Park, Pennsylvania, which is uh, in my neck of the woods. Be optimistic, at least in the morning. Just believing your day will be stressful after you wake up can cause you to be less productive and make a day at the office even harder, a new study finds. That's because when you start the day off thinking about a later event that could bring about more stress, your working memory weakens, say researchers from Penn State University. Working memory, of course, controls your ability to process and retain information in the short term and also plays a key role in concentration. Humans can think about and anticipate things before they happen, which can help us prepare for and even prevent certain events, says co-author Jin Seo Hyun, a doctoral student in human development and family studies in a university release. But this study suggests that his disability can be harmful to your daily memory function, independent of whether the stressful events actually happen or not. I have lived this over the last three weeks. I, I just got bombarded with not only stuff that's in my head, but things that were happening in the real world. I swear I was saying, you know, I'm being attacked on some level is, is how I, what I've been saying. And I did my, I have, I've had zero energy. I've had zero motivation to do anything. Uh, I've just been so down and, and depressed. And then that you start, that starts to manifest. Now, you know, we were talking a little bit ago and we're going to talk about tonight, you know, manifesting your reality. What you put out there is, is what you create around you, what you draw into you. Uh, and, and honestly, doing this show tonight has helped pull me out of that funk, mostly, um, because this is important to me. This is my passion. We're conscious creators, and if you start looking at the world saying things are so bad, oh, this is going to be such a bad day, and you know, I've dealt with this with my PTSD. I've missed out on going places because I'm like, we can't go there. It, there's going to be a terrorist attack. It's going to be bad, and I either miss the experience or the whole time I'm there, I'm so on edge and so afraid it's no fun for me and i end up pissing the people i'm off excuse my language i end up making the people i'm with mad because i'm just so paranoid and i haven't had a real bad episode in years but that's what we're putting out there and it creates that stress and this is something i struggle with and maybe some of you out there do and for me it comes down to you know fate versus free will am i in control of my own life or am I not? And I know I've talked about this before. I, sometimes I say, I just need to surrender and what's going to happen is going to happen. And I can't control those events, but I can control my reaction to them. And I think that's the safest way for me to progress. But then the other part of me starts screaming, you're going to give up control of your life? Oh, Dennis, don't do that. You're going to lose the battle and something bad's going to happen because you didn't take control and you just gave up control. It's a tough battle, my friends, but this study resonates to what I'm going through right now. We can't worry all the time. Certain things, yes, but we got to let it go, and you just got to trust that you have the skill set to navigate whatever problems are thrown your way. And on top of that, instead of being afraid of a problem happening, be excited that you may actually engage in something that's fun and enjoyable. No matter what you're doing, find a way to make it fun. So there we go. All right, I have one more uh, story real quick that I want to share. I should have shared this before I talked about the last one, but uh, it's a Facebook video that I found 
Um, it's about Segway. It's Segway's autonomous security robots fighting crime. And it's a, it's a, like a two or three minute video how Segway has little robots with cameras that are driving around their campus looking at people doing things they're not supposed to be doing. If they see somebody who looks out of place, then the Segway start taking video and photographs of them. They call the police and they dis autonomously dispatch drones. You got to watch this video. I'll have the links to it in my show notes and you see the drones coming in. It's like that recent episode of the X-Files. I mean, AI, it's an, it's an entire species right now that's coming out there. So check that out. Um, and, and take a look at it. I'm keeping this short, you know, the beginning of this show short because I want to get to Alicia and give her as much time as I possibly can. Um, listen to what she has to say. Again, I'm going to ask you, um, please help me in, in grow, helping the show grow. This is a show to share. It's inspiring. If, if you know somebody who's recently lost somebody, maybe not recently, when they're ready, share this with them. It, it will give them some hope, again, that there's that we go on and that there are helpers out there. This is a show that I think can really benefit a lot of us out there because we struggle. We have our beliefs, but I think we can take it beyond that. This is something we can ultimately get direct experience from. So listen to what Alicia has to say. I'm going to go ahead and bring her on the air. Okay, friends, I'm here with Alicia McAllister, a.k.a. Laughing Rain. She is a musician. She is an author. She is a soul retriever, and I am so excited to talk to her this evening about her experiences, about how she is going out of body to help retrieve lost souls and guide them where they need to go. This is a conversation I've wanted to have with her for quite some time. Alicia, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? I'm fine, and I'm so glad to be here and meet you finally. It's, it has been a while. I know we've connected off and on over, I guess, the past year or two online. Um, I, I'm so excited for uh, for your book that you have out. We're going to talk about that tonight, too, um, and, and talk about what it is that you do. And if it's okay with you, uh, I just want to jump right into the discussion and, and start finding out, you know, you know, let's start off. How did you first get into out of body how did you under realize that you could this was something you could do i i didn't really uh, uh back in the east i had some vibrations i'm i'm just like bruce moan moan a teacher of mine mm-hmm. he had the vibrations but they never took him out of body so i so um i did an exercise once where i relaxed my whole body for 20 minutes and then I popped out of my forehead and that was my first uh, conscious out of body experience and the rest of the story is um, over the years it would happen sporadically where I would do a retrieval or meet a boyfriend or something like that so So vibrations didn't quite get you there i mean i I had the vibrations when i was younger and and i'm not an expert out of body traveler i still struggle to get out of body i can't do it regularly but um you know i have experienced the vibrations but i I never really had them work for me so you just popped out through kind of your third eye one day then after relaxing Uh, my vibrations would happen during the night and wake me up and i would think maybe this is my soul Mm -hmm. you know and I didn't know nothing about it, but uh, maybe my soul wants me to come out and explore, but I couldn't. I tried, and I would just fall asleep. 
So one day I thought, oh, I'm so frustrated. I'm just going to sit down and try. I'm going to try my best to get out of my body. And if this doesn't work, I'm never going to do it again because I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. And it worked, though. What do you, so, what was, can you walk us through that? Because I'm somebody who is frustrated because I, I try, I try, I try. I've gotten close. I can have some pretty intense visualizations, you know, maybe more remote viewing than actually leaving my body. I will leave it, but it's not a controlled. So what what is that process? How can you give somebody advice to get out? Okay, since you're interested, I might put it in another book. It's, it's virtually, uh, you, set, you set a timer for 20 minutes so that you don't get bored with it. Mm-hmm. And, and you concentrate on relaxing, starting with your little toe and mm-hmm. you want through the muscles, all the muscles you can find in your body, even your jaw and your eyelids, because we get very tense. Right. And as I relaxed, I could feel my energy starting to curl up inside my body. It was like a cloud, Mm -hmm. and it went my forehead, and I was following it with my mind. And then I thought, what is this about? It feels good, you know, because I was all relaxed. And it was almost 20 minutes, and I was getting ready to go about my chores. When uh, the door opened, it was the pineal gland. Mm -hmm. uh, And there's a door there, a portal. And it opened in symbolic fashion, and whoosh, (laughs) I came out like a puff of wind, and I go, oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. I am, you know, I finally did it. I'm going to look at my body. So I turn around and look at it. It's not clear, you know, It's right. but I can, see, I can see it's sleeping. I can see that there's no life in it. Mm-hmm. And because I knew I was the body's life. So I thought, don't look at it too long because you might get dragged back to it. So then I took off and I did my thing. But the relaxing would happen and I would relax every muscle but then uh, nothing would happen so I'd start over mm-hmm. until 20 minutes was up because I wasn't going to give up uh, for 20 minutes and then and then I might come back and do it again I thought but you know I, I was mainly wanting to get rid of my frustration because it you know it bothered me that I couldn't do it that's inspiring you know I've I- I've tried, uh, I'm familiar with that specific relaxation technique. Right now I'm trying to do 10 minutes at a time just because life's crazy with kids and work and all that stuff. But uh, I'm going to push it to 20 minutes because I get pretty relaxed. I'm, I'm able to start visualizing stuff and perceiving things and sending my mind places. But I'm going to give it 20 minutes and just do exactly what you said and uh, report back. And hopefully, hopefully I can go out and start exploring a little bit more regularly. It doesn't sound too intimidating. <laughs> minutes 15 and go to 20 you know and but your mind wanders and you have to bring it back to the situation yeah and but, mine certainly does that yeah so have you ever been through any of the monroe programs the gateway programs or no but i met monroe out of body and he's so cool really tell me about that i, I read all of his books mm-hmm. uh, at least twice and then I met his, uh, like, a uh, member of his soul group, Bruce Moen, mm-hmm. and, who also went to TMI several times and wrote, uh, let's see, he's got five books out. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I was on Bruce's forum, and we talked about the Monroe Institute quite a bit. Every day I would go there. 
And I, no, I never went to Virginia. You know, I'm a poor girl. I don't uh, have any money for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all all of my growth takes place while I'm reading books. Right. Consequently. But yeah, I met him because I wanted to give him my gratitude. Because when I first started doing this, I was like him. I thought that I had to go, that I must be crazy. I must, uh, something's wrong with me. You know, I'm the only person in the world that has these vibrations. It's not true. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have them. They just don't talk about them because other people will make you feel silly. Right. Absolutely. So I was just like Monroe and I wanted to say thank you. And uh, I finally got the chance to do that. And we, we greeted each other. <laughs> So you, gre- you greeted Monroe out of body. Yeah, he came to my house. At first, I came to to where I thought he would be mm-hmm. in the open, and he was there. But I thought I was just using my imagination. Right. And then uh, several days later, he showed up in my house. Wow. So he he had gotten my desire or mm-hmm. my message and came, come to see me and I was so, so surprised because I was in my conscious mind I wasn't asleep at the time most yeah. apparent stuff happens when you're sleeping mm-hmm. but go ahead oh, it's just it's so neat that, that he was able to do that you know and I'm thinking of his books have absolutely inspired and moved me and given me so much hope as I'm trying to navigate um, and, and it's neat how I guess he perceived you and then locked into, you know, your identifier or in the books, he would say, I dent and then give wherever he wanted to go uh, and came back and checked on you because the, the man was an explorer. And, and I think that was pretty cool that he acknowledged you and then came and popped in on you. That's really neat. His mind was such that he could pick up what other people were thinking about him. Mm-hmm. And he knew if someone desired, uh, he people would bring a message to him that they they desired to see him and, and he, he's a nice guy he yeah show up if if he can yeah you gather i gathered that through his books as well it's just so full of compassion which i absolutely loved about him so have you noticed now um since you've been traveling out of body have you developed any other gifts or any other psychic abilities have they enhanced through this experience um, yeah, I would say that every every paranormal experience pushes you a little further along mm-hmm. uh, and opening up your awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything specific that comes to mind? Um, the the old you never uh, became involuntary; it just happened. Mm-hmm. That was kind of strange. And then I had clear audience. Um, something, in, in, you know, instead of uh, clairvoyance, and you're seeing it. Where your ear, eardrum is vibrating with sound. So it's clear audience. It's like a dog's hearing. Mm-hmm. But you, you don't run around having it all the time, but just on occasion. So this happens uh, to you on occasion now? As for it. So, yeah, I developed that later on. And, and what else? And... and being able to remote view, you know, everything. Just, you know, only when you want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you concentrate on it, yeah. Right. You, now, anything meaning you can go any time, any place? Mm. No, it takes me... I used to... People used to call on me to get me to retrieve something, like a ghost or something. Mm-hmm. And 
I could do it, you know, I, but I have to do it. I'd say, well, give me a couple of weeks. I have to think about it. Right. right. And then it would happen in my subconscious, what I was supposed to do and where I was supposed to go to contact this ghost. And then it would happen. Yeah, that happened uh, after I went out of body. So let's move to soul retrievals because you, you recently published a book on Amazon and that's the title of it, correct? Soul retrievals. Yeah, part one. Yes. Can, can you explain to our listeners, first of all, what a soul retrieval is? Yeah, I've got it up in my chapter, but I'd have to read it to you. Um, let's see. Okay, the main thing I was taught to concentrate on is people die, and they are often in a world, a dimension, where they don't know that they actually died. Mm-hmm. Somehow, um, it takes a while to adjust to the other dimension. Well, a retriever comes along, and they're stuck usually in their own belief system. And they will come and they will say, do you know that you have died? And they'll say yes or no, or you're crazy, or get out of here. Or you won't be able to get their attention. So you have to, you have to say it in a way where you can get their attention. Mm-hmm. So... And hold it enough to help them go to their family members on the other side or wherever they need to to be more comfortable at. Mm-hmm. It, the only way I can explain it is by explaining one of the retrievals. Be, before you do that, just to clarify, a, a retriever is, that's a person like you and me, somebody who's alive in this physical reality yeah out of body state to go help somebody yeah the other people are called helpers mm-hmm. when they don't have a body they're spirit helpers okay and the people on this side are called soul retrievers mm-hmm. or you know what a lot of people call them rescuer type people right okay um, that's true absolutely absolutely so you'd be considered a retriever and how did you how did you figure out that this was something you could do? After I read Monroe's third book, I think it was, I wanted to know if I could like Monroe. Mm-hmm. Because, after all, we seemed to have a lot in common. And um, he had a little curl. He called it a little curl that right. wrapped it around his leg while he was skirting the universe in this other dimension. He looks down and he goes, what is that on my leg? And it was a curl, he called it. Right. And he spoke to it, and they had a conversation, a short one. He said, what are you doing here? And he says, the little curl said, can I ride along with you? Is that okay? And Monroe, you know he is. He's like, all right. <laughs> and so he just didn't pay any attention. It was like a little animal, I guess. Right. And Pretty soon, Monroe is going through all the belief systems. He's just flying around through them. And this little girl found a belief system and jumped off his leg and went into it. And uh, when next time he looked down, the curl was gone. So that's what he, he surmised happened. And I was wondering if I could be of assistance like Monroe, because I think that he did that little thing a favor mm-hmm. by showing compassion. And... He could have easily have just kicked it off. Right. So anyway, I want to know if I was like that or, or if I had the capability. I really didn't have much confidence in my talents or anything. So 
a couple weeks after I thought that in my meditation, a helper came and pulled me out of my body and took me into this place where it, it seemed like New York or Chicago, someplace where it's really rough. Mm -hmm. He showed me this boy that was in the alley and he was dead, but he didn't know he was dead. And he was looping his death scene. And this bothered me a lot. Mm -hmm. And I what to do and I said well I, I can't help and he started crying out for God and he sounded so so finally he scared me so bad I, I thought God would show up and God would show up and I thought she kept saying the helper get in there and help him and I said I can't would you do it and he wouldn't look at me the boy would not look at me but I kept on trying and uh, finally he saw me. And the minute he saw me, I began to preach at him and tell him he could start his life over. He could, he's got to stop running because every time that he was running, the, another bullet would hit him. Right. Go through all this, all this again and again. A cop had shot him and he was, he was not armed. He was a child. He was kind of like 17 or so. Mm -hmm. But, but he couldn't blame the cop because he had said for him to stop and he wouldn't stop. And he was in a gang. Right. But anyway, he, he, he finally stopped running. And he looked at me and the ambulance driver was there. But they were just pretending to be the ambulance drivers. Right. And they uh, put him in the ambulance. And when I told him he could start over, he could do his time and make his life something meaningful now. He got it. He just got it so fast. And he, he stood up. And he was so brave. And I was so proud of him. I felt like his mother. Mm -hmm. He walked into the ambulance, you know, because he believed that he was injured. And then they take him to the hospital and they teach him all about how they're not really injured. Right. And, you know, and they teach him how to go on with their life. Wow. And that and was that, your first experience. Yeah, and I was... I never knew what what that was because a looping death scene is hell to me. I, mm -hmm. I just I can't I couldn't comprehend. But when I got on Bruce Moen's website, he explained to me I was a soul retriever, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it all became clear. And I know you mentioned this in your in your book, Soul Retrievals, uh, and and you talked about this guide that just came and and pulled you out. Do you have any idea who this is and what their purpose is? You know, on the way to the boy in the alley, uh, I was normal. I just kept asking her, what's your name? You know, mm -hmm. who are you? Um, where are we going? You know, the, but I was like a little kid that has all these questions. And she, she was more with wisdom. And, and she just said, be quiet. You know, your questions will be answered later when we get there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I was quiet and I respected her because I knew she knew more than I did about this situation. She, she was making my wish come true to find out if I could assist somebody. And what I found out about myself was I had a soothing voice, you know, that was able to get to the boy right. through, through his hysteria because he was hysterical. And I found out I had that talent so I could use it again. Did this feel like a dream or when you're going through this does it feel more like a waking reality 
it felt like a waking reality. Otherwise, I would have just forgot all about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I keep a dream log, and dreams are different. They're not. They, you don't have the feeling that you're actually there in a dream right. most most of the time. But in a retrieval or a out of body experience, you feel like your whole body is there. Like it's like it's physical, or just it's just a more real feeling. You feel like your body is a presence, like mm-hmm. a all of energy with life in it, and it's you. It has your imprint. It's your inner nature. I had um, I had Shelly on a few weeks ago, um, who I met through our group, and she actually wakes up in other people's bodies. She has a, a transference of consciousness, and we had a similar discussion about how she's like, no, it's real. I mean, it's physical. I can feel stuff. I can experience stuff, and she's, I guess, meeting other aspects of her own self is what we were theorizing. Um, pretty interesting, though. Uh, similar that- but different. That's possible. And Monroe woke up in somebody else's body, but I think he was kicked out. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I've had that experience a few times, uh, and I've, I've had a few listeners reach out and tell me that that happens. W- what do you think that this says about our reality? I mean, you're going to help uh, somebody else transfer or, or move on to the next phase after their physical body dies. What, what is this reality? Where they go? Uh, where where do they go and what does that say about our existence what is it it's it says i i don't know it says that we all need to assist each other i think mm-hmm. be helpful uh, be in service to each service to others i think that's my goal mm-hmm. our motto and it, if everyone did that we wouldn't have any problems at all in the world <laughs> i agree i completely so, agree I, I, we're here to learn, and that's all I can say. You you mentioned in your book that you follow uh, the work of Seth, and that we, you, you know, you believe that we manifest. Uh, if if you don't mind, if I'm going to read a, a quote, um, it says the inception of retrieval was intriguing. That is to say, I'm a Seth follower who believes we create our own personal reality, and that numerous personal realities interact with the collective mind to produce impersonal or our cultural reality. Could you expand on that a little bit more and explain how we're influencing our reality? Well, it's like if you have a relationship with with someone, uh, you don't have a relationship unless they're relating with you. And, and what's important, there's something that goes between two people to make a relationship happen. Mm-hmm. But it, you don't have a relationship over here with yourself, all by yourself. You've got to be with somebody else to have a relationship. and. Um, then when you're together you're creating more reality because you're bouncing off each other and making it happen I don't know what else to say Uh, it's Seth Seth does say we spring off realities from ourselves we we make new people from ourselves Mm -hmm. they go into another dimension and they live a life and that's something I contemplate I don't understand it I won't but I kind of think about it a lot. I wonder if that ties into, you know, Dolores Cannon did some work talking about the backdrop people, how they're manifestations of our subconscious that we use them to populate our reality. Um, is that something similar? I know we're creative mm-hmm. with our thoughts. We're very creative. And, well, 
sometimes we create what we don't want to. Mm -hmm. And it's best just to meditate a lot and find out what you really want. So it's basically like, it's it's not just one of us, at least at this level of it. There's multiple minds or consciousness existing around us, but we have our own sphere. And we create the reality based on our sphere. And sometimes those spheres interact with one another and then create new spheres with new consciousness. Is that possible? Well, you have, like, uh, Seth talks about you have possibilities here and then you have over here you have probabilities and sometimes the possibilities go the other way and they don't happen but when it gets to the point where an event is going to happen in the world it's a probability it gets stronger and stronger the more people that put in their thoughts towards it to manifest it right could that you know i've talked about this on on some levels uh, about the power of the media and the power of Hollywood, how they can be using us to manifest specific realities, specific outcomes, just by feeding us, hey, it looks like this is going to happen, it's going to happen, and then people start to believe it, and next thing you know, you're living what they've been programming you to manifest. You think that's possible? Well, there, there would be some groups that want to make money off of us, mm-hmm. and so they, uh, they get to your emotions, mm-hmm. and make you fearful like you go to the you go there and you watch the horror movie and that and the box office makes a lot of money for the producers mm-hmm. but all that is just garbage you know it's not going to help the human race to right. go to but somebody is profiting there yeah we can be influenced easily mm-hmm. So let me ask you, you know, I want to talk about for a minute, if you remember Monroe's second book where he talked about Louche in the garden, how people are oh, being drained of their energy. Oh, yeah. Huh. How do you see that playing out in our current reality or in our society? Do you think that there's something behind that? I think it's a minority situation. It's not a majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are evil out there. There is evil. I live next to evil. So, you know, I know it's there, but I don't let it influence me. What's your best defense against it? How do you avoid it? Um, you know, Bruce taught us to see it not there. He said just, you know, when you encounter something dark in the ozone, see it not there. So what he's saying is you don't focus in on it. Mm-hmm. You don't give it any energy. If you give it energy, it might be able to drain you. Right. So just let it go. Because, you know, I guess in the, the original It by Stephen King, they were saying it can only hurt you if you're afraid of it. And if you're not afraid of it, it can't bother you. In my head as a kid watch, watching a movie, I'm going, that's easier said than done because it's the scariest thing in the world standing behind you. Exactly. But if you stand there for a minute and just look at it, Sometimes you'll see it dissolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just, it's not there because it's not real. Right. And it's so your mind that makes it more real. You're not afraid. Love is always stronger than uh, fear. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
definitely informative too. So let me come, let's come back to some soul retrievals. I, I know I got, I get sidetracked a lot on my show because I'm so interested in all of this stuff. I can go on and ask you questions for hours, but I want to talk a little bit more about soul retrievals. What do you, would you say was your most, uh, enriching experience doing a soul retrieval? Oh, thought you'd never ask. It's cam- camming my little uh, 16-year-old uh, girl. I wanted to do one because I wanted to do one that um, I was suited for as a mother. Because, see, I had two teenagers. Mm-hmm. Knew how the little girls think. Right. And so they gave me, I, I think I, the universe gave me her. And um, this was another case of being taken out of the body. And it was extraordinary because um, I also did an exercise before this one. Mm-hmm. I was pulling energy up my legs and to my head and circling it around. Mm-hmm. It's called a three by three exercise. And um, that night is when I went to, to retrieve Kami. And she was, she had been murdered and. Uh, I didn't know how to get her her attention, so I had to morph into a dog mm-hmm. and make her think I was a dog. And um, she began to pat me on the head, and that's when we began talking about uh, a little bit about where her family was and things like that. Because I had to get her out of the school; she was at her high school. She she was a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. The only place the spirits will gravitate to the place where they've been happy. Mm-hmm the only thing they know and she was there and we talked for a while and she patted me on the head and I thought she must think I'm a dog yeah (laughs) that's all right I got her attention and um the weird thing was I wanted it to be real so I had asked the guide who took me there to make it real and then the guide says she she was a lady she says explain real (laughs) (laughs) And I was stumped for a minute. I go, okay, uh, if all my senses can be involved in this, my five senses, I think that'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. And she says, okay, no problem. And, and she disappeared on the way, and I made it there to the school. And it was South Carolina, mm-hmm. the state, and I was in Washington. And um, Cammie didn't remember being murdered, and that was merciful. For her and I was not supposed to make her remember and mm-hmm. I wasn't to tell her she was dead sometimes you can't tell them they're dead right would upset them too much and so, but she did remember she had an aunt and that was good and the aunt was involved in this somehow and just before she was about to get full memory uh, a cheerleader friend of hers came along and called her name and I was supposed to release her attention Cammy's attention over to the cheerleader because they was going to gather her up in their arms and make her feel at home. Mm-hmm. She was feeling depressed and lonely. And they, they would take her wherever she needed to go. And my job was done. I just got her out of that mood. That's all I did. Wow. And, and you had full five cents experience during that? Um, well, that one thing I had was that was very strange. Never had it again. I touched her leg and it was flesh mm-hmm. it was warm I could feel the blood running through her leg and I thought to myself she's real oh my god 
So, uh, but if you try to convince people that we have bodies that seem physical mm-hmm. in this, they don't believe you. Right. Right. Understood. Wow. Now, have you ever tried looking up her family or looking her up, you know, in this reality? Yeah. yeah I didn't have a last name, but I looked for a murder of a 16 year old and there was nothing. Mm-hmm. And I, what year I was just lucky. I got the state right. And, no. and after, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. go ahead. Oh, afterwards, you know, I hung around looking at stuff and, and then I was getting some future things that were going to happen for me. Right. Uh, some three men guides told me I was going to sell my house and how much money I was going to get, and it all came true. Wow. I didn't even know I was going to do that. Right. So that's some validation for you. Now, I, I mean, obviously, a ske- I, you know, I always think about the skeptics in the back of my head. Um, but obviously, they're going to say, well, you couldn't verify it. You know, maybe you just made this whole thing up and she wasn't there. Um, but, but is it possible that maybe you retrieved somebody who wasn't a part of our current reality, maybe a different universe in this, you know, possible multiverse scenario? Not unless there's a South Carolina over there, uh, on that side too. Yes, it could be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you think it was, it was this reality. You just weren't able to locate her. Um, I, you know, you have to be really psychic if you're going to keep searching for someone. Mm-hmm. Where if you've got a heart feeling that you're you did something good, that's really all the reward that you need. You don't need to confirm it for someone else. Right. That's it. That's a, and that's a great point. Like I said, I always, I always think of the because I do a public show. I always think of the skeptics coming at me saying, "Well, what about this?" And I, I was just curious. Um, it's their right, and they should question, but mm-hmm. they have. To get their own experience you really can't share your experiences and expect people to understand them that's a really good point too alicia because you know i've read the experiences of others and it's given me uh, some comfort in as i'm going through my own experiences but my best learning has been just going out and trying and, and having my own encounters and experiences do you think there's any danger when you're doing these to yourself No, no. Um, If if your intention is to be of assistance, that's the only intention you have, and you won't draw any uh, anything to you that's going to prevent you from doing. Especially if you have guides out there Mm -hmm. calling you. How can you find your guides? You know, you know, I've had people talk to me like, I don't know if I have any guides. I don't know if there's anybody out there. What's your method or or recommendation if anybody wants to meet? I talk to the guides in my imagination. I I pretend like they're there, and I ask for whatever I want, and then release it entirely and forget. I made the I made the uh, supplication. I forget because what you do, you release it, and then it happens like a couple weeks later or a couple days. Um, almost like a program you have running in your head, like a, a macro. You, you know, you're going to say these certain things, and then say that phrase, and your subconscious, based on the programming you created, knows what to do with it. Um, I, I call all that higher self, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're we're coming close to the end of the show here. Um, I, you know. My last question for you on this is, 
What is the most important lesson that you've learned from through all this experience? Um, to live each day as if it were your last day or your first day on earth. Oh, your first day. I like that. I like that. Well, it's been, uh, it's been very inspiring. Do you have any, uh, final thoughts, anything else you want to add to, uh, for our listeners out there, Alicia? Um, just, just keep loving one another because love is what makes your mind expand. Excellent advice, Alicia. I, I like that. And I like what your, uh, well, I like your whole philosophy. It, you know, it, uh, it makes it sound less intimidating and, you know, it, I was so afraid, like, oh, this has got to be something so hard and complicated. And, and talking to you, it's like, this is something that if, if your intention is there, it, it's possible for us to achieve this. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Everybody just, you know, just if they want to do it, you can do it. But everybody has their own focus, you know, focus area. And that's fine, too. Well, you've... you've uh, created some new motivation in me. It's something I've always wanted to do, but I figured, ah, I'm nowhere near able to do that yet. I need to keep working and working and working, but I might give it a try tonight when we get off the phone, to be honest. <laughs> you just have to ask your higher self, uh, who's, who needs help and that only me can provide, right. you know, right. so that you're suited with a particular entity that will pick up on you, your vibe, mm-hmm. and with you. Because we don't retrieve just anybody. We retrieve somebody who fits with our vibe. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So everything harmonizes. Yeah, so that they'll be able to see you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense now. Do you want to give uh, any websites and, and things a plug? I mean, I'll have everything in the show notes at sixcentsmedia.net as well um, and in our newsletter. But uh, anything you want to put out there? Um, just... Just that uh, I'm on Amazon under Alicia McAllister, and also I'm Laughing Rain. <laughs> Laughing Rain, and you have a, uh, a music video out, correct, on YouTube? Yeah, and that's under Laughing Rain. Laughing Rain, and the, so- the title of that song is called Who, and I will have the links uh, for that as well in our show notes and uh, you know on our website for everybody to check out and see not only your music, but also the links to your book, Soul Retrievals. Uh, which I highly recommend. If you enjoyed listening to this discussion, um, check out Soul Retrievals. You know, Alicia, I think my, I guess my public journey, this started after my father died. It was a a horrible transition. I know we spoke, I guess, over a year or two about it. I don't know if you remember or not, but um, reading, you know, Monroe's experience and then meeting you online and hearing about this, it has really brought me comfort knowing that, number one, we go on. Number two, there's helpers out there and that although it, it seemed like a terrible transition for my father, I hope that he encountered somebody that helped to guide him uh, and move him somewhere safe. Uh, and I I'm, hope that, go ahead. There, yeah, there's helpers for him, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, wish I had time to tell you about my healing I received from a lady uh, spirit, but maybe another time. We can, we can do it now if you have, uh, if you have the time, it's, you know, <laughs> you'll have time. We, let's make the time. It's my show, so I'm going to make. Oh, time. it's your show. Okay, <laughs> let's do okay. it. I'll just try to make it kind of brief. But um, my, I always had back problems, and a chiropractor told me I would have bad problems later. Well, my back went out, and I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I was laying there, and I, I'm a Course in Miracles person. I read read that book. 
and it's uh, Jesus talking to us mm-hmm. about heaven. Jesus says, we are all sons of God. And a son of God cannot be ill. And I was laying there going, to hell with that. I mean, can't do. I'm sick. <laughs> and I was laying there and I thought, well, I'm going to die here because I will not call 911. I just won't. I'm mm-hmm. too stuck. And, and this lady spirit came softly talking to me. And I, and I didn't even know that it was a spirit yet. And she was telling me what to do. She says, okay, you're going to get up, but you're going to do it slowly, and I'm going to assist you. And uh, as I was listening to her, I thought, wait a minute, I'm not thinking these thoughts. I am not thinking that I'm going to get up. It hurts too much. Mm-hmm. She was telling me, and, and so I go, okay. And she says, I said, but it's going to hurt. She says, that's okay. I'll help you. I'll help you. So as I was willing to go through the pain, I set up, and she put me in a bubble. It's an energy bubble. Mm-hmm. It felt very strong, and it took my weight away from my body and so that I could stand up, and I didn't feel any pain. Mm-hmm. And then she says, okay, start walking. And I walked, and then I was so amazed. I was like, you know, for a week, I had been in this excruciating pain. Right. And, and she did this for me. And I then I, I believed again. I am a son of God, okay? <laughs> it brought you right I, back. <laughs> I must be because I'm well. Mm-hmm. That's so, fascinating. That's my story. <laughs> that, that's And that's a beautiful story. Um, you know, I, I've done some shows and discussions on my own experiences with uh, with healing and stuff. So I think it's uh, that's a fantastic experience that you had. And I, and I thank you for sharing it. And, uh, you know, I, I would love to have you on the, you know, a future show as well. We could talk more about, you know, the healing and some of your other experiences. You know, there's definitely uh, an open invite for you when you want to talk about your next book as well, once that one's available. That sounds good, Dennis. I'll be happy to. Excellent. So thank you, Alicia, so much again for being on the show. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and we will definitely be in touch. Okay. Thanks for inviting me. And there you have it, my friends, soul retrieval. It is something that seems very real and very possible, something we all have the potential to access and to do if you have an interest in something like this. Just try it and don't give up. And that was the most inspiration that I've taken uh, from my discussion with Alicia tonight. Uh, you know, when, that's exactly where I am. You know, I want to do it. I want to try it. I just keep getting stuck. I get out of body sometimes, but it's nothing I'm an expert at. You know, and Shelly and I talked about this in our, in our show a couple weeks back as well. I'm, I'm, I got to say, I'm proud to have done this show. Um, I, this is something that's important, and it's something that matters. That Those of you that are interested, I think, we need to hear a bit more accounts of this. We need to know that this is something that is accessible to us and something we can use. It's a tool we can use uh, in, a, in a variety of different ways in our lives, not just with the soul retrievals, but with the out-of-body states. So I hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as I did, and I'm hoping to have more guests uh, who have had similar experiences that are willing to come on and share those experiences, because the more we hear about them, the more that might resonate with us, the more that we might learn, the more somebody may have that missing piece that may be what you need to hear, what you need to learn to have that experience or learn that piece that you're working towards. So if you know somebody or if you're interested in being a guest on the show and sharing a piece of your journey, please get in touch. 
through uh, sixcentsmedia.net. There's a contact tab there. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have you on the show, or if you just want to write me something, uh, you know, a, a blurb that you want me to read on the air, I'll be more than happy to do that as well. But let's connect. Let's continue to build this sense of community as we're going through this journey of learning and understanding together. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the sixth sense media on Twitter, Ray Davis, the king of Twitter and Facebook and all social media. He's killing out there with the content as always. It's sixth underscore sense underscore media on Twitter. Lastly, if you are interested in sponsoring the show or Sixth Sense Media, please get in touch. It's a, a new venture for us, but we are definitely looking for your support. We can uh, work something out. I'd love to have you as a part of the team and help promote your products or your services as it helps to support the show. Please get in touch with us through SixthSenseMedia.net. We could definitely use the support. My friends, I really enjoyed this show. I want to thank you again for tuning in. I'll be back again next week. Check your inboxes this Sunday. Sign up for the Seeker newsletter at sixcentsmedia.net. In addition, when you sign up for that newsletter, you will be automatically receiving a free copy of my book, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are, right in your inbox, along with the Seeker newsletter every single Sunday morning. That's all the time I have, my friends. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of The Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. Thank you. Yeah.